Welcome back to DMnastics, the gym for dungeon masters to work out their minds. I'm one of your hosts, DM Neil, aka Jote Moniac. And it's me, your other host, DM Celeste, aka Seat Witch. Yes, and today we're dipping back into an article format for our inspiration. And we have it entitled this episode and this exercise, Bottoms Up. I actually like that one. Yay! <laughs> it's not a bad pun so much as a fun thing to say. Yes. And so I thought of asking you a question yes. that you don't know I'm going to ask you. Okay. Do you know how to say cheers in any other language? Uh, I know salute. Correct. Uh, okay. That, in Spanish. Yes. And then... Nope. That's it. That's all I got. Off the top of my head, I'm panicking. So I had kanpai. Which oh, is okay. Japanese. Yep. yep. Um, and I didn't, I also didn't know any others. So I totally looked a bunch of them up. And Whoa. Okay. Let's hear them. Let's hear okay. Them. Apparently in Greek, it's yamas. Ooh. I would have never got that from yamas? the letters yeah, I see. No. Chinese and Mandarin, ganbei. Mm, okay. Um, let's see what else we have. Sante in French. Is it Prost one? It's yes. Prost on there. You are ah, correct. I did it. In German. <laughs> nice. Um, and then we have Irish for Gaelic, Slancha. Whoa. So, yes, as you may have guessed, this one is going to be focused on an article entitled The 10 Most Useful Potions in Dungeons and Dragons. So this was on CBR.com, which is kind of funny sometimes because it's like comic book review. Okay, mm -hmm. sure. Okay. And <laughs> it was written by Paul DeSalvo. I really like this topic because I feel like consumable items never get enough love, in uh, especially in fifth edition. I know I've found myself designing a lot of like potions and oils and salves uh, because I think they're so cool and they're such a fun thing to give out for treasure that's not gonna like totally break your game. Because you know, if you give somebody mm -hmm. a really like awesome item that's that's a major game changer but like for your whole campaign but if you give them a consumable item that's like a cool one-time use thing uh that you know really comes in clutch when it counts so i think it's a it's a really cool type of treasure to hand out yeah and one of the reasons i was drawn to the article is that i feel like a good word would be underutilized like from both sides of the screen and i say this um to cast shade on myself in <laughs> that like if I have a consumable, I'll be the you always hear about like I finished the game and I have max consumables because I was saving them for never. For never. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, and so then I don't like trying to give more so that they're used more. It's the same concept I see as with like inspiration, like trying to be just like really heavy handed, mm -hmm. giving it to be like, yeah. use it. I'll give you more. I promise. Use it, please. Yeah. 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 So that is what motivated me. And I like the answers. So as always, we can roll a D10 and see what we get and start there. I don't have my dice within reach. Dice roller. Da, da, da. Here we go. You can always do this. Hey, Siri, roll a d10. It's eight this time. It's eight this time. Boom. <laughs> what is eight? The potion of invulnerability. Ooh, okay. So what does this do? So one of the most so simple potions on the list. Uh, well, it doesn't prevent a character from taking damage. It does the next best thing. And a creature who drinks this potion has resistance to every form of damage for one minute. Mm -hmm. That is pretty cool. Yeah. And so looking at most things, 
most of the times on this are going to be a minute. But if we think about it, you could almost in a way say for a battle because the likelihood that your battle lasts more than 10 rounds is low. Yeah, I think like the average battle lasts three rounds in yeah. Dungeons and Dragons 5th edition. For the most part, unless you have some pretty strong mechanics as to why, it's also not going to be fun at 10 rounds. No. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Yeah. Uh, I, wow. And this potion is only a rare, which oh, is okay. really nice. Uh, so it's a rare potion. Yeah. Resistance to all damage for basically a battle. I mean, something like this is awesome, uh, especially for like a big boss fight or if you are fighting maybe a creature that deals multiple damage types. Um, this is really great because usually I feel like people invest in one type of resistance. Uh, you know, like if, of course, if you're a tiefling, you already start with fire resistance, you know. Um, so this is a cool way to survive longer <laughs> in those big fights. Yeah, there's a lot of a lot of ways to use it. I mean, especially if you had a trap, isn't it like if you had set up a trap, then they could all use it and... So, sorry, there are a lot of topics around the potions that keep coming into my mind because you think of partial dosing, where do you allow more people to use it for less time? Uh, that's a total DM oh, wow. perspective. That's I would a, never let my players No, do no, I know. It's a personal thing that I've heard before. Um, I don't know that I really let that. Like, I, sometimes I'll let it happen where it's like you could basically have a shot to identify it by, like, sipping a little bit of it. I've seen that before. Yeah, well, that's, well. that's actually something written in the rules. Like, yeah. you can, you know, di like taste it with your finger, like, and identify a potion. Yeah, and I feel like I can jump a little higher for a brief second. <laughs> um, it's a potion of jumping. Yeah, so there's a lot of ways that you could go about it, but I really like it because you've basically put a class feature in a bottle. Yeah, that's great. It's easy to understand. The description is one sentence, like, great design, love it. Yep. I agree. I, I'm interested. This is only number eight, though. Eight out of ten. Hmm. Mm -hmm. I wonder what 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 awaits us. I don't know if it's in that order. I can never tell on some of these. But uh, that means we should roll again. What <gasps> okay. Here I have a dice roller. Google. I rolled a four. What is four? So four is the potion of invisibility. I mean, it's pretty hard to go wrong uh, <laughs> with the potion of invisibility. Though I will say. I'm curious to look at the what type of invisibility it is. Oh. Right. I assume regular. Ah, okay. So, I mean, it's it's basically the same as like lesser invisibility. So yeah. you become invisible for one hour. Anything you wear or carry is invisible and the effect ends early if you attack or cast a spell. Um, and it's very rare. So I don't think this is like a great, investment if i got to pick a very rare potion i would be very hard pressed to choose this one especially because it's not like greater invisibility which would be you know you stay invisible even if you attack or cast a spell um so i don't know what do you think i was baffled uh i wasn't prepared for so i did so i didn't look up at the rarity of the potions mm. so it's fantastic that you are because now you have stumped me because you're bottling up a second level spell. Right. A second level spell and putting it at very rare, that seems... Ooh, seems a little rough. That seems really rough. Um, yeah, because, I mean, almost almost every party I've ever played with has at least one person who can cast invisibility. That's like a, yeah. a spell that you can pick up pretty regularly. 
Uh, so I I would have to disagree. I think this potion is it. It feels like they needed. They felt like they needed to make it, but. So that would be the same kind of concept that I would start. So maybe this is my previous idea would be more applicable given the <laughs> spell. Um, because if you cast it at higher levels, then you can have an additional person mm. that becomes invisible. So then if it using a third level or higher, one additional creature can become invisible. Um, so if you had a so if you had it where it worked on more people, mm. Or gave greater invisibility, then I could see having it be. Yeah, I would probably just bump this up to greater invisibility yeah. just as a house rule, because that feels very rare to me. Hmm. Interesting. Uh, greed. Okay. Interesting. We've, we've, <laughs> been, we've been stumped. Um, <laughs> and so some of the other ideas I have aren't applicable because we haven't rolled the ones that I want. So I have ideas, Celeste. Okay, roll. Roll, but don't actually roll. Just pick one. Uh, do okay. the DM thing and pretend to roll, but you really are just going to pick the, the one. Okay, so I've rolled. Okay. It's, a, it's a four. So what I would do instead is just pick the one I want. Ah, uh, there so you go. Gaming the system. I rolled a six. So the so the oil of sharpness. So uh-huh. this is one of the other. So this is one of the other styles that are on here. Where basically you're, it's in a bottle, so it still counts in yeah. in their mind and ours. So basically, when applied, it makes it a plus three magic item. Whoa! Not necessarily. Okay, I take that back because it doesn't say that the attacks are magical. I'm also going to look it up on D&D Beyond. Wait, the codon item is magical and has a plus three bonus to attack and damage rolls. So it does make it magical. Oh, sorry. I'm reading it on D&D Beyond. Okay, you see, and that, that's oh, the part okay. that I didn't get from the article. <laughs> I didn't know that it made it magic. I couldn't tell that it made it magical because those specific words were not Yes, used. so it so can yes. coat one slashing or piercing weapon or up to five pieces of slashing or piercing ammunition. Applying the oil takes one minute, and then for one hour, the coated item is magical and has a plus three bonus uh, to attack and damage rolls. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Plus three is no joke. So what's the rarity on that? That's very rare. Yeah. So I see it. I see it being very rare, but... At the same time, when you're at that level, would you care... So my thought with that would Mm. be the long-term or continued application of the oil of sharpness permanently affecting the weapon you're using it on. Oh, that'd be interesting. Cool. Yeah, because, I mean, what? A plus three weapon, I think, is also very rare. Yeah, I would. It's the very least very expensive. Yeah, I'm wondering if it's actually more than that. Okay, yeah, so a plus three weapon is also very rare. So that would make sense to me that... You know, especially if you had to like spend more money or maybe do the oil sharpness a few times. Yeah. Um, then you could transform it into a plus three weapon. That would be that would be pretty cool. Yeah, that would be my thought. And then the immediate thought with that would be also finding words that you like uh, for oils that work on other weapons. Um, yeah. So then my thought was the oil of impact. If I was going to use, if my main fighter was using a hammer of some kind mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. for or just to cover bludgeoning. So that kind of thing where the long-term exposure to the, I mean, this magical liquid that's giving you a plus three magic item would then be able to uh, permanently affect your weapon. 
Can I just say, I also really like the description of this. Uh, this clear gelatinous oil sparkles with tiny ultra thin silver shards. Ooh. I find that extremely pleasant. And I imagine like 90s body glitter that I used to put all over my face. So yes, <laughs> you know, uh, sparkles, clear gel sparkles, everybody. <laughs> Ready to party. Yep. I could totally see it being a thing I would allow to lock. Yeah, if you're, you know, getting close towards the end of a dungeon, like one hour is quite a long time to, you know, bring it, bring the pain. Uh, yeah. Or, of course, again, you know, you're about to come up against a really big enemy. What's, you know, what's interesting about oils in particular is you always have to spend at least a minute applying them. So these really are like strategic things to use, mm -hmm. which I also is another reason I really like them. Uh, I love, you know, when when adventurers get the chance to like prepare for things. Uh, I think that just that feels very like adventure, fantasy adventure to me. Yeah. Well, and then even that preparation diminishing the battle or the scenario. That's the whole point, though. Mm -hmm. Like That's why mm -hmm. they're adventurers. That's, that's why, why they're, they're good at, they're at the adventuring. Yeah. yeah. It's not a, what is it? Mr. They're not Mr. Magoo. <laughs> Just like bumbling their way through <laughs> these things. <laughs> oh, no. I accidentally stabbed this boulder. Yes. I, I guess I'll take the treasure. <laughs> it's here. Uh, so on the Mr. Magoo note. What's the next one? Go ahead, pick one. Don't don't even okay. roll. Okay, okay. Um, oh no, I need to. I need to roll. I need that randomness. Okay, okay. Nine. What is nine? Potion of speed. I really like potion of speeds um, because the haste spell feels to me. It's such a good spell. It's such a good spell, but it's so. It's such a bad feeling when somebody drops concentration on haste and like then you lose that whole round of exhaustion after it. Uh, so that can feel like a really bad time. Mm. So I love that you could use this potion and then nobody's concentrating on it, uh, which is it feels like a really cool kind of workaround. Yeah. So one of the interesting things is when I when I read this one is what so I don't know how to frame this question. I'll just ask it. <laughs> I'm just trying to figure out what the design what the design idea was trying to prevent by asking that action can only be used to take attack, one weapon attack only, dash, disengage, hide, or use an object. So that's that's part of the haste spell. No, that's what I mean. So oh, yeah. because that's basically what you get with the potion of speed. Oh, yeah. I'm like, I'm trying to figure out like what did someone do that warranted this? Oh, that specific sentence. <laughs> specificity. Yeah. yeah, was my was just the fun thought experiment I was trying to have. Oh my gosh. Um, so one of the things that I was thinking was one weapon attack only is a very important distinction that I don't think a lot of people think about when using haste, where it's like, oh, cool, I get to attack, and then your fighter stabs three more times. Well, technically, they would only get to do it once. Then my other thought was like, is that, well, no, so is that true? Would they only get to do it once? No, so they would get to use their full action as normal, and then they get to take a bonus action that they can use to make one additional attack. Okay, so then that's what's throwing me off with one weapon attack only was what's Yeah, so it's basically, it gives you that little extra action um, that you can only do a certain amount of things with. You could move fast with that little action. You could take one swing with that little action. or So it's it's almost like they're trying to represent, they're giving you like maybe like an extra three seconds on your turn, uh -huh. you know, instead of like the six seconds because you're just moving 
you know, maybe twice as fast, um, but it's not enough to do a whole round. Yeah. Interesting. So could you do a double flurry of blows? So you no, know, because using flurry of blows would be an action that isn't specified in the list. That okay. You so, do. But then could I spend a key point after I make my attack? Because I did take an attack. See, this is the conversation I'm trying to figure out. Like, what are we trying to stop here? You can use the flurry of blows on your normal attack, but you couldn't. You no, I don't think you could use the flurry of blows on the extra swing that you get from haste. Okay, but you see what I'm getting at. I it's know. It's very specific. I know. It so is, I'm trying to figure out what, our, what the goal I, was. I'm sure in playtesting, people were like, "What the? <laughs> what yeah. the heck?" Uh, I mean, because haste is already so powerful. Because all oh. you also get the plus two bonus to AC, uh, and then just like doubling your movement. Haste is yeah. awesome. Yeah, potion to speed. This is a very rare item. I think that's worth it. Yeah, for no oh, concentration agreed. required. This is like a ticket to win. Yeah, because if you also think about the target speed is doubled. Let's just start with our thirty. We're we're not going up. We're going down. That's your standard. So it's thirty. So if I move, then I get to go sixty. If I take my action to move, I'll go another sixty. And then if I take my bonus to dash. I could go another 60. Yeah, see, this this actually happened in Venture Mavens like a couple episodes ago to my yeah, monk. Someone, yeah, someone did yeah. it in the Playboy Post game I'm in. So base, if I have a base of 30 and I'm not, so I'm not a monk, I'm, I'm just a random existing person, I could go 240 without question pretty much. Yeah, yeah nuts and then if you're adding anything else to like because of class because of spell holy cow um okay so i think yes as we can tell yeah it's awesome (laughs) options mainly because it is not dependent on anything you you drink it and again for a battle you're going to be able to do this for a minute and then have that round of exhaustion for the most part that is not going to matter yeah that is not going to matter this is so worth it most useful yes I approve, Paul. (laughs) Well done, Paul. Okay, another one that Paul brought up that I definitely want to discuss um, is the potion of mind reading. Ooh. Because it made me think about administering potions without it being the potion. I'll tell you more. What? (laughs) You lost me. So so here, yes, correct. I'll find you. Here we go. So also, why don't people say that? Why is that not a follow up to you lost me and you're not, and the person immediately saying, don't worry, I'll find you. I'll find you. <laughs> oh, that's sweet. That's Great nice. idea. So let's. Oh, we haven't done this in far too long. Okay. So Vass and Rosita are characters to use in all examples. So Rosita yes. sits down across the table from what I would say is someone that she often goes to and has dealings with. Mm, um, maybe it's a person that she gets certain fertilizer from because yeah. while effective, it can be used for nefarious means. Blah, blah, yes. blah. Yes, yes, yes. Um, so it's a dealer. That dealer is always drinking something. Mm. Often a tea uh, would be mm. would be my thought. And then my idea behind that is they're actually, when it comes to dealings like this with Rosita, are actually just slowly drinking a potion of mind reading. Whoa. Oh, I see. Yeah. So then it's not like, because you always think of just like, ah, ripping it out of your inventory, popping the top, glug, 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 glug. And then like almost this Zelda effect. But there's no reason that I can think of that you wouldn't also be able to do that more subtly. 
Yeah. Um, depending on what it is. Totally. Uh, and that's interesting to think about that too, uh, in terms of like an NPC affectation, because like the potion of mind reading, it's described as a dense purple liquid that has like an ovoid cloud of pink floating in it. So like if they're always drinking like black coffee, you know, to to mask something, you know, like this, or maybe even the smell. Um, or yeah, the coffee always smells like licorice. And you're like, what is going on? I think that would be such a, a cool little like way to, to figure something like that out. How fun. Yeah. Well, and even even the um, the descriptive language that you can use in, in those instances, because let's be honest, tea and coffee is a very fancy thing, depending on if you want it to be. Yeah. Um, in so medieval you think, times. <laughs> yeah. If you think about like like French, like the way French pressing is done or mm-hmm. um, just the way you steep something, just there, there's so many options to have a lot of visual words to describe how this person conducts themselves only for it then to mean what else are they ingesting? Yeah. Mm-hmm, for mm. the moment at hand. Very cool. I do have a problem again with this potion of mind reading because it's it's rare. It's a rare thing, but it basically gives you the effects of a second level spell, which is detect thoughts. So something like this, I would say probably isn't worth it uh, in terms of rarity. I would have made this an uncommon potion, but I think you know if if you don't mind uh, kind of bending the rules or the rarity, uh, I think this would be a great potion. Um, to get your hands on. Maybe more helpful for NPCs, I think, than player characters. I like it. Okay. But with, with that, I, I say we've done it. You've, we've done it. <laughs> we've done it. We've talked about five of them. I don't know. I wasn't keeping track because that's not important to me. So <laughs> what you can do is for the rest of the ones, which they all are true. And w- Okay. No, okay. One more. Real quick. Potion of giant size. That's terrifying. I don't know that I want my players It's to so it. good. Yeah, I oh Golly. man, I when Golly I was G. running when I was running uh James Intracasso's uh Planet of the Tarasks, mm-hmm. which is plural Tarasks. You go yes. to a planet and you fight like 30 Tarasks. Uh I let all of my level 20 characters pick one legendary item, and I had a monk who picked the legendary potion of giant size, oh, and wow. she was amazing so she was like a tabaxi so she was this giant cat fighting this giant reptile and it was awesome so totally awesome totally awesome potion (laughs) if you if you're medium sized or smaller you become huge for the next 24 hours so good (laughs) if your strength was less than 25 it is now 25 all melee weapon attacks made by this party member are rolled with and i quote three times as many dice it's all good (laughs) directly implies that if i were to get a crit i would then be rolling six times what i normally would roll and their pool of hit points is doubled yep (laughs) that's awesome yeah that's insane uh but like you said it's legendary so on that legendary note we have definitely done it yes if you thought that this was legendary, you know what? Tell a friend. That's your gym dues. As always, go tell a friend. Have them listen. Have them join us here at DMnastics. And of course, head over to your podcatcher of choice and leave a review. It helps. Word on the street. It helps. 
it helps. It super helps. And of course, if you want to reach out any other way, uh, you can always get to us by email at dmnastics at gmail.com and make sure to follow us on Twitter at dmnastics, me personally at cconowich and Neil at jotemoniac. And for everything else on the network, you can check out blockpartypodcastnetwork.com. And as always, a huge thank you to the Bards over on Bombarded for our intro and outro music. You can find out more about Bombarded at bombardedcast.com. But with that, let's head to the post-workout cooldown and stretch with the light bulb. Light bulb. So as if a light bulb had turned on in my own mind, I could not remember what in the world (laughs) I wanted to talk about. But thankfully, (laughs) Celeste, you suggested the exact thing I couldn't remember. So tell me about it. Yeah, so today I want to tell you about a physical item that can really help elevate your Dungeons and Dragons experience. Pun intended. Yeah, elevate. Uh, or honestly, for any role playing game, uh, especially now that we find ourselves playing a lot of games behind our computer. And I know desk space is always at a premium for me. So sometimes when I have, you know, my DMG open and my monster manual and everything else, it just gets really chaotic. So I decided to go online and look up a recipe cookbook stand. I don't know if you've ever seen these, but they are just literally pieces of wood that have like a little shelf uh, and a little folding thing so they can prop up books uh, for you. So, you know, they're intended for cookbooks. So while you're moving around the kitchen, you can just, you know, go ahead and glance at your recipe or keep it off of the counters, which are getting messy. But they also work perfectly for RPG books, especially those big chonky ones that are like full of monsters and so heavy. And even better, they come with little clips that can hold yes. back the pages of your book. So even if it's a new book, you know, the the seam is really tight. Uh, these clippy pages can hold it on the perfect page. You don't have to worry about turning and the book closing or losing your spot. It is honestly like the best $15 I've spent this year. Yeah. <laughs> so I cannot recommend it enough. So if you go and like just type into the internet cookbook stands and recipe holders, you will find a plethora of awesome ones. I mean, you can go to Amazon and get it there, or you can look on Etsy. A lot of people have made like really cool personalized Uh one. I just got mine like made out of bamboo. uh, So it's like this nice wood pattern, but they also have them in plastic metal, like really whatever size suits your needs and purposes. Honestly, Neil, my life has changed (laughs) because of this book. (laughs) So that's the... Part of me is really trying to figure out how that's not how there isn't one of the companies you can think right? of that is making these. Right. Because like they're D&D so things. perfect. Oh, like yeah, all these tabletop accessory companies. Yeah. What? So, so one of the thing one of the things that trips me out the most is, is also the variants. Um, mm-hmm. It makes me think a lot like the, the company that my mind goes to is potentially Wormwood. But this seems too small now that they're building a million tables. But the like the variance between what that looks like because it can be this big opulent thing. Because what I also think of um, is like a Catholic church and yeah. like the size of that. The, the Where Bible your that books they are, use. yeah, on the altar yeah, holders. And, yeah. and things like that. But also I know that there are ones that are smaller where basically like you can fold the legs back in and it's almost just like a single piece of metal that you could easily store and take to you take with you to your game. Yeah. So this the recipe stand I got, it has like a little wire hook that comes down to make the stand and I can Mm -hmm. fold it away so it folds perfectly flat. So I put it on the shelf with my cookbooks. 
And I, yeah, because I also think that the way you hold the pages can be really different because the one that my wife has at the house, is, it's like basically um, something hanging on the at the end of a chain that you can oh, yeah. like lay over the page so it doesn't flip back. And like, what does that look like? It could be yeah. anything. Like, it could be like a little dragon claw, little gems. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Skeletons could hold up in your books. There's so many. Yeah, the, the ampersand, obviously. <laughs> yes. Yeah, themed. Holy cow. I the know, other I can't thing, believe people didn't know about this. Yeah, the other thing I think uh, that this made me think of was also like getting a music stand. Yeah. So then if you don't have a lot of table space, like even the idea, like I'm so I'm here at my very small desk. Right. I could then also have a music stand right to the side with the book on it. Yeah. I mean, I've gotten uh, I have tray tables that I fold around both sides of my desk so I can create a battle station whenever I DM. But this is great because, you know, when I'm DMing from a computer screen, you know, I have a microphone right in front of my face uh, and then like an arm's reach away. I have my computer and like I have my keyboard right in front of me. So this fills that perfect space between like my computer monitor and my keyboard. So like I can actually look at the pages and, you know, not have to look away from the camera or like get lost in books, you know, when I'm trying to like engage my yep. players. It's just really, really great. I, I can't remember why I thought of this or how I did, but boy, I'm glad I did. Yes, and I'm I'm even I'm even more glad that you remembered and it was your idea because it was also my idea to talk about. Because uh, yeah, I really think about taking like to the next game. So then like I play for context, like when I play, we're at a covered pool table. Because then it's, yeah. at that point, it's the, one of the biggest tables that they have. Right. Um, so it has a super nice felt insert kind of thing. Um, and I only have so much space. And yeah, I constantly close yeah. a book and put it back down and open it back up and put it back down. Um, because I feel like it's also hard to do it with smaller books, too. So I have so we're playing Be- the Beetle and Grimm Silver Edition of Saltmarsh. So then it's broken up into the inv- individual chapters books, yeah. in the, yeah, in the little paper paperback. So those want to close pretty consistently as well. Yeah. Do it. Just look up. Yeah. Cookbook stands, recipe holders. Just go online. Do yourself a favor. Spend 10, yep. 15 bucks and uh, change your life. Yeah. Or way more because I know Or you way can. more because get a really <laughs> cool one. Spend more. <laughs> Done. What with that, we will turn out the lights and head out of the gym. Before we go, though, I want to implore you, the listener, to join the forums, the Discord, Twitter, anywhere else you can find us and take part in these challenges, exercises, and other amazing conversations being had. To do that, head over to dungeonmasterblock.freeforums.net and try some gymnastics so your players don't ask, do you even lift? <laughs>